coming up on NRL Teams. Bring on finals footy. Our premiership winning panellists highlight their key battles and game breakers in week one of the finals. Gus Gould writes off the reigning premiers ahead of their battle with the minor premiers, while Joey Johns reveals the reason behind the Knights' late season slump. Storm prop Christian Welsh joins us to chat about Melbourne's blockbuster against the Eels. And we preview the opening round of this year's NRLW. Will some fresh faces in the league deny the Broncos a third straight title? Finals footy, NRLW. It's all happening here on NRL Teams, brought to you by Telfast. Robbie Farrah, uh, Brett Kamali, you know how, what it takes to win a comp. Who's going to win it this year? Yeah, obviously very open competition. Uh, 18 straight weeks, which is unheard of. But I'm going to go on record. I think the Melbourne Storm will play Penrith Panthers in the grand final and the Lightning Bolt will win. OK, all right. We've got to get to the uh, <laughs> predictions a little bit later on. <laughs> of course, all the team news for this week, some big news, uh, especially in the men's uh, competition, will be in in the next couple of minutes. But... Uh, Kevin Walters looks like he'll be unveiled as the new Broncos coach in the next 24 hours or so after uh, all that debate, uh, after the toughest year in the club's history. Noddy, what's a realistic expectation for Kevin Walters next year with the Broncos? Yeah, well, he certainly he's, had, he's probably played in the most successful era of the, of the Brisbane Broncos. I think he's played over 240-odd games for the club. Uh, he's a Queensland coach, so he should have the state uh, in support for him. Uh, I, I think they're not too far away. Uh, the, these couple of young kids will get better. They'll need to buy some experienced players. Um, there's some talks of a, a great coach from down south maybe coming at the end of next year as a mentor and, and, and help the system. So I don't think the Broncos like rebuilding, but they'll want to get to the top very quick. Well, Craig Bellamy is that man from down south. Of course, uh, he's still contracted with the Storm for next year. The club's saying he's not going anywhere. Perhaps he'll be at Red Hill in uh, 2022 alongside Kevin Walters. What it means, though, for the Maroons coach, uh, the latest is that he won't be in charge of the Maroons, uh, which, uh, with Origin 36 days away, Origin 1, that's an interesting call. So who should take over, Wayne Bennett yeah. or Mal Meninga? There's a couple of terrible options there, isn't there, for <laughs> Queensland? But, look, both, you know the two most successful uh, coaches for Queensland at origin level. So, uh, look, it's, it's a tough choice, but I don't think you can go wrong either way. Look, Mao's a current Australian coach, so he's still involved in the game and in the system, whereas you know, Wayne's been out of the rep scene for a while and uh, I'm sure he'd love to go back there and, and turn things around for, for Queensland after a couple of series losses. So, interesting to see which way they go there. I mean, with, I, I the thought buddies... you were putting your... No, no, no. How did you bring with the jacket? No, no, no. You were wearing your Queensland jacket. No, no, no. This is just the finals oh, jacket. Okay, oh, bit, cool. bit of an origin thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I don't, I don't know where it came from. I just the only yeah. one I thought I'd, yeah. I'd dust off. <laughs> uh, of course, we'll know more about that uh, uh, position with Kevin Walters and the Maroons coaching uh, job in the next uh, couple of days. Uh, let's look back now, though, at the predictions from last week. I'm going to say two things because I know you told me never to do it. But I'm going to say Benji Marshall will get two try assists on Saturday night and Chris Lawrence to score the winning try in a victory for the West Tigers. The farewell for Chris Lawrence and Benji Marshall at the Tigers is a night of disappointment. The premier side in Queensland, the Titans, to finish the season five, in, five wins in a row. Congratulations to the Gold Coast. Full-time Gold Coast 36, Newcastle 6. And, of course, my Bulldogs on a continuation from last week's prediction to avoid the wooden spoon. For Brisbane, they will finish the season last on the NRL table. 
battled to get one uh, right all year, but you got yeah. one right last finishing week and strong. two this oh. week. Yep. Congratulations. Finishing with, finishing with a wet sail. Yes. The, the uh, predictions will continue, though, during the finals. Your MVP votes quickly before the teams drop. I'll start with you. Yeah, I had Nathan Brown as for one point. I thought it was very, very good for Parramatta. AJ Brimson in the starring performance for the, for the Titans. And Cody Walker uh, had a night out. He was unbelievable. Just played some ad-lib football. Yeah, hard to go past Cody Walker for, for the three points. He was That was a 10 out of 10 performance. My two points, AJ Brimson, who's been absolutely outstanding to finish the year. And my one point was Adam Kieran from the Warriors. OK, of course, uh, James Sadesco, surprise, surprise, wasn't on that list, uh, given the Roosters' loss to the Bunnies. So that means our winner for the NRL uh, team's MVP Player of the Year is the one and only Nathan Cleary. Five clear of James Sadesco. Uh, they edged out Kalen Ponga. Jack White and Cody Walker with six votes rocketed up uh, the leaderboard. Sean Johnson and Nathan Brown uh, rounding out the top players there. So, uh, Nathan Cleary, congratulations. Perhaps you'll do the MVP Dally M Premiership Triple. We'll have to wait and see. All right, that buzzer means the teams are officially in for the men's finals for week one. It all kicks off with Nathan Cleary's Panthers taking on the Roosters Friday 7.50 at Panthers Stadium. What a way to kick things off. The Panthers enter week one of the finals with a fully fit roster, Dylan Edwards, Stephen Crichton and Viliami Kikau all return from arrest. Brian Toto is their only concern, but has been named despite an ankle injury. Tyrone May takes a utility option on the bench ahead of Matt Burton, while Kurt Capel's strong form since returning from injury sees him remain in the 17 ahead of Spencer Lenu. A big out for the Roosters. Their co-captain, Jake Friend, has not been named to take on the Panthers after suffering a head knock against Souths. The club said he is OK, but they're very conservative and taking the cautious approach. That means Freddie Lussick starts at hooker in the biggest game of his young career. Joey Manu and Brett Morris return to stiffen up the Roosters' right edge, while Isaac Liu and Lindsay Collins are also back uh, after a rest. Of course, Angus Crichton drops the bench, but there's no room for club great Mitch Orbison. There's been plenty of talk about the Panthers' lack of uh, big game finals experience, so is it warranted? Well, let's take a look. The Panthers are among the most inexperienced sides in the competition, or the finals rather, alongside the Newcastle Knights. Just 27 games each of finals experience. Look at that for the Roosters, the most experienced finals team with more than four times the experience of their opponents on Friday night. With that in mind, I put the question to Panthers coach Ivan Cleary about his inexperienced side and how they'll uh, fare up in the finals. Our boys aren't necessarily that worried about what we can't do. Uh, there's been plenty of people telling us we couldn't make the eight, or we couldn't do this, or we couldn't do that. So my main fear is probably that we, yeah, we we sort of see a need to play differently, um, which I don't think is going to be happening. But other than that, I'm just I'm looking forward to it. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not thinking about fears. I'm I'm looking forward to the challenge and going into these final series as underdogs because I think that's what we're going to be. Underdogs after a record winning streak. A very uh, relaxed Ivan Cleary. That full chat will be on NRL.com later this week. But Noddy, will their style of footy hold up against the Roosters? They beat them at Panthers Stadium in round one. But this is a different kettle of fish. Yeah, and, and I agree with the coach. I think they play a very simple style of football. They don't play a lot of sort of set plays. There's not a lot of block plays to block plays. Uh, they do score a lot of tries off kicks, which I think doesn't happen too often in semi-finals, grand finals or state of origin. Just because of probably extra intensity or, or, or more motivation to scramble and, and save tries. But I, I just feel like they play really flat. They play over that line. They play very a simple style of football. 
the, as you said, the roster is full. There's no injury, injured players, and they're full of confidence. When you look at some of the players that are missing out, Spencer Lenu, Charlie Staines, who lit up the league <laughs> earlier this year, they're, they're nowhere to be seen. Uh, plenty of great showdowns. Uh, Crichton versus Manu. Uh, of course, up front, there's some great battles. Torquejo against Tamo. But what is the key battle in this match for you, Robbie? Yeah, for me, I think the key battles, obviously, it comes down to the halfbacks. Uh, Nathan Cleary... Yeah, in line to win the Dally M coming up against, you know, a young halfback in, in Cole Flanagan, uh, who's playing his first finals game, uh, you know, trying to guide a side around that's coming back off the, a 60-point loss the week before. Uh, he's missing his, his experienced dummy half this weekend as well. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the shoulders of, of Cole Flanagan about how he's going to handle, you know, the, the situation and, I guess, the occasion in front of a um, you know, pretty, pretty vocal crowd out there at Penrith. So for me, it comes down to the Battle of the Halves and uh, whoever can get on top there, I think it's going to go a long way to win that game. Nathan Cleary has iced the big moments yeah. all year compared to last year when I was left up to James Maloney. Can he do it now against the Roosters? Yeah, I, I think he's ready for that occasion. Now, we, we've said it's his team this year. He got full control. Um, you know, obviously, Luai's more a support runner and back him up. Um, it's just his fifth year of NRL. So all of a sudden, he's become a 120, 130-gamer. Mm. Um, he's played State of Origin, uh, he's matured, he, he's 5'8", he's a kid that he played a lot of junior football with, so I think he feels very comfortable as a boss. And, and as you said, the problem with James Maloney outside him is James Maloney was the senior player and probably the dominant player, so uh, it probably overshadowed Nathan Cleary's ability to, to put his stance on the big games. Like, like you just said earlier, you know, I like the fact that they're not playing too structured. He's backing himself, he's popping up on the left side of the field, on the right. Yeah, he's just playing you know, football and, and he, he does it so well. Whereas I think these days so many teams are coached to play structure mm. and they play within their shell, whereas the Panthers aren't doing that. And it's, it's brought out the best in Nathan Cleary this year. Who would have thought the Roosters would be heading into week one of the finals after conceding 60 points against the Rabbitohs? That's cause for concern when it comes to their former coach, Phil Gould. Some of their older players have been showing signs of wear and tear. I really think they've been nursing Jake Friend, Luke Carey and Boyd Cordner all year with concussion issues and making sure they look after them. They've had some younger fellas, they've got a new young halfback. It's not the team it was. They've been up for a long time. They've, everyone plays against them like they're defending premiers and the number one team. They've played a lot of hard football. Their senior players are showing signs of wear and tear. The no Cooper Cronk factor is huge for me, all right, and probably just as much the Latrell matchup with Trevor Mitchell issue. Uh, they're a good side, but they're not a premiership side right now. They're not, they can't compare them to what they've been. Of course, that's Phil Gould speaking on Channel 9's 100% footy program. Do you agree they're not a premiership side? Well, they're not the side they were last year. You take Latrell Mitchell out of the side and you take Cooper Cronk out of the side, you've got you know, the best number seven in the big games for the last 20 years and a very significant strike centre, Latrell mm. Mitchell, who come up with that big play in the grand final with the left arm flick that, that created the try. So... Um, they're, they're ageing three years in a row. That hasn't happened since 90s? Yeah, mm -hmm. the 80s, I believe. 80s, was 80s, yeah. So it's hard to get up in the Premiership. We've got 19 straight weeks in the semi-finals. Um, but a week ago, we were talking about the Roosters being primed. They'd, they'd overcome everything. Sonny Bill arrived, all happy days. Within a week, they're ruled out as a Premiership favourite. Well, look, I think that's only natural after you get beat by 60. And no, no team's ever come from a 50-point loss to, to win a premiership. So they do have to overcome history in that regard. But, look, I think there is some truth to, to what Gus has said. But for me, I think, yeah, they're going to be hurting after last week. And, and they're such a good side with so much experience in these big games that they're going to come out firing this week. I think there's going to be some sort of bounce-back factor. Look, I, I wouldn't be writing them off. I think if there is going to be a team that, that can win a premiership after getting beat by 50, 
It is the Roosters because they still got quality right across the park. All right. Uh, can they overcome that embarrassing loss and that statistic to win the comp or at least book their spot in the prelim? They'll have to beat the Panthers at Panthers Stadium. You can catch it on 9, Foxtel, of course, Sky New Zealand, uh, via our streaming partner, Co, and using your Telstra Live Pass right here across the NRL network. The Raiders and Sharks kick off the men's action on Saturday afternoon, 5.40pm down at Geo Stadium in the nation's capital. After Ricky Stewart went rogue in round 20, He's recalled the big guns for this elimination final against the Sharks, their opponent for a second straight week. Nickel Klockstad, Rappiner, Croker, Whiten, Williams, Papali, Bateman, Whitehead and, of course, Joe Tarpany all return. Sia Soliola, Saliva Havili, Hudson Young and Corey Harawira Naira drop to the bench. Michael Oldfield returns to the Raiders 21 for the first time in 10 weeks after overcoming a thumb injury. But Ryan Sutton won't be on their team sheet again this year after suffering a knee injury against the Sharks last weekend. Chad Townsend returns from his three-match ban, but he's in the halves alongside Connor Tracy, not Wade Graham, who shifts back to the pack. Sione Katoa, Josh Dugan and Jesse Ramian are back after resting and so is hooker Blake Braley. Toby Rudolph starts at lock, Sifa Talakai is on the bench while Wilton, Trindle, Hiroti and Goodwin miss out on the 17. The Canberra Raiders go into this match as heavy favourites. They did it with a second grade side against the Sharks who were also under strength last week. How can the Sharkies rattle the Raiders this weekend? Can they? I don't think they can. I just think they've been quite poor in the last six weeks of footy. Their defence is nowhere near semi-final standard. I think the only way they can win this game is by just chancing their arm and playing a bit of footy. They need to play a bit of ad-lib footy. If they try and go down there and win a game in the grind, it's not going to happen. I just don't think they can beat the Raiders in a, in a grinding game of football. I think the, I think the Raiders will suffocate them out of, out of the game if they try and do that. I think they need to go down there and just throw the ball around, chance their arm, offload, bit of second phase play and try and break up the Raiders' defence because I don't think the Sharks can win a game 16-12 or 20-10 you know, to 10 or anything like that. It, it's, for them to win, it's going to be a high-scoring game. They need to score you know, 26 points. All right, focusing on the Sharks, uh, you've highlighted your game-breaker. Yeah, I mean, it's missed the last few weeks uh, and probably been under a little bit of pressure this season. Uh, I think Sean Johnson is in career best form. But Chad Townsend comes back. Uh, he certainly was the halfback that led in the Premiership in 2016. Um, and as you said, Robbie, they're going to have to play a different style of football. Chance their arm, come up with a few short kicks early in the competition, maybe some chip kicks, second phase football, because I don't think they will, they will compete in that arm wrestle with the Raiders, who have got such a strong forward pack. Um, I'm interested to see how the Raiders go after resting so many players last week. Obviously, Ricky threw the, all the toys out of the cot and, and, and mm. pulled all the players out, but I don't know if it's going to help or hurt them this week. So they need to play ad-lib footy. They need to just chance their arm, yeah. as you've both said. But how do they do it without the likes of Moylan and Johnson? That's their natural game. Townsend and Tracy aren't necessarily... You know, those, well, they're those gonna, players. Well, Tracy's a great support runner. You know, Chad Townsend's not super quick, but he can steer him around. Uh, they're just going to have to play, as you said, probably a lot of offload football and try and wear the, the Raiders forward pack out a little bit, make them chase the ball a little bit, keep turning around, kick to the corners, um, you know, and, and, and not get into a traditional style of go, we know what you're going to do, let's do it better. Because, you know, defensively, they, they finished on neutral on for and against all year, so they concede mm. as many as they score. So that's not a good... Uh, reg, a good defensive effort leading into a semi-final. 
Of course, Saturday is a double header of finals footy uh, for the men's competition. It rounds out with the Storm taking on the Eels Saturday night, 7.50pm at Suncorp Stadium. Bellyache has caused us another headache, just like Ricky, but it's all positive news for Storm fans as most of their stars return. Suliasi Vunivalu and Tino Fasua Ma'alawi have been named despite picking up hamstring and calf issues, respectively, two weeks ago. Tui Kamakamika is missing after uh, picking up an ankle injury, while Dale Finucan is still out with a calf problem. Elsewhere, Lee, Olam, Adokar, Munster, Hughes, the Bromwich Bros, Cameron Smith, Kafusi, uh, Asifa Solomona and Eisenhuth all return from around 20 rest. How's this for a timely return? Dylan Brown is back from an ankle injury that saw him miss the past month of NRL action. In a further backline boost, Michael Jennings returns from a rest, as does Regan Campbell-Gillard up front. Sean Lane starts as Will Smith and Andrew Davey and Kane Evans move to the bench. Marata near Corey returns from a rib injury in Jersey 17, while Ray Stone is in Jersey 18 as he pushes for selection after battling a thumb issue. Robbie, Dylan Brown was their spark before he got injured. This is a massive boost, not only for the Eels, but especially for Mitch Moses. It is. It'll take a lot of pressure off, off Mitch. Obviously, he's been the go-to man without Dylan Brown there. And, and Dylan Brown was in such great form before he got injured. But, look, for me, I don't think he's going to be their saviour. I think the... the uh, sorry, the uh, Eels have been exposed, you know, in the last month of footy, especially with their right-hand side defence. We saw on the weekend again, the Tigers come up with a few tries there, almost came up with a match-winning try, you know, with a couple of minutes to go down the right side as well. So, uh, you know, their right edge is going to expect a lot of traffic. I'm sure Craig Bellamy's had a look at that and... You know, guys like Olamato Carr, Cameron Munster, they're going to get a lot of footy. Pappenhausen at the back as well. So, you know, for me, the Eels need to shore up that defence. There's no way they'd play him under Dunn either. He has to be 100% for finals footy. Yeah, definitely. And you, you see the clubs these days playing welfare is certainly very important. He's a very special kid, Dylan Brown. You know, he does some... some some pops up on the field where you don't think he's going to pop up. He's desperate. Uh, great support runner. But And, and as you said, Robbie, I... Th- I ca- Craig Bellamy is the best coach in the competition to pick a weakness in the opposition and just attack it and attack it and attack it. They don't just score one try there. They stay on that position for 80 minutes. So that defensive edge is going to have to be very, very good. But um, I, And I think, you know, what Parramatta have got nothing to lose because they've been ridden off already. I, I think people just go, oh, Melbourne Storm have got the sort of the easy draw of the round and they're into the grand final qualifier in two weeks' time. I, I think for Parramatta too, mentally, it's a, it's a tough game. It's a tough road trip. Having lost to Melbourne last year in, in the semi-final, being knocked out, I think it was 32-0 yeah. or whatever it was. So, yeah, they'll, they'll be thinking about that in the back of their minds as well. All right, Dylan Brown, a big inclusion for the Eels. A big guest joins us now, uh, Melbourne Storm prop Christian Welsh. Christian, believe it or not, uh, you're our first ever guest in the three-year history of NRL teams. Thanks for joining us uh, on NRL Teams. Thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. Obviously, a big match this weekend, but back in June when uh, the Storm were forced to leave Victoria, a lot of us feared that it would uh, lead to a negative impact on field, but you've won eight games, all eight games in Queensland, a remarkable effort. How have the Storm managed to be just so successful in Queensland in 2020? Yeah, it's a bit crazy when you, when you look back to that, that week we flew out. I think we had about two days' notice to, to pack up our things, and um, initially, we were told we'd probably be away for about two weeks maximum. Um, so I think it's about three and a half months now we've been away. And um, yeah, the club's been really great, mate, uh, getting the location right up in Queensland. You know, they spoke to a lot of professional sporting teams. Obviously, the AFL sides were in the bubble as well. They got some feedback from them. They spoke to Justin Langer from the Australian cricket team about when they go on tour, long periods of time away. So. 
Um, the club's been really professional in how they've, uh, I suppose, dealt with the situation and getting on the front foot and and obviously the guys with families and partners and, and young children. It's, uh, it's been really positive for those guys, having them um, with them uh, at the hotel and really beneficial for for them to, to I suppose, get along with their life. And, um, and, and I suppose it's, it's showed on the footy field this year. We've had a, we've had a pretty good year so far, even though it's been uh, away from home and away from our, our great fans uh, down in Melbourne. Hey, Christian, Brett Kamoy here. Mate, a lot of your teammates rested up last week while you played extremely hard. Uh, are they focused? Are they rested? And are they ready for a big week one of the finals? Yeah, all the guys are, are looking really uh, fresh. Um, a lot of them trained today and, and got a little hit out and, and preparations began for the Eels, I suppose, today for those guys. And um, a couple of other guys, we, we just had a bit of recovery and obviously had a pretty physical contest against the Dragons and um, just got done there at the end, sadly. Uh, I thought we were going to um, get a nice little upset, but um, all our attention, yeah, onto the Eels now. It was, it was just going to be pretty hard for those boys to back up our whole team who's you know, no buys this year and um, playing the last game of the round in, in Sydney up and down on the plane. Is, uh, I suppose having that second position sewn up, uh, yeah, the, the club decided to rest those fellas and hopefully it'll be uh, for good reason for this weekend's game. Well, you're set to play in front of the biggest NRL crowd since way back in round one. Plenty's happened uh, since back then. So what's your uh, call to all the Storm-based fans uh, in Queensland? Surely you want them there at Suncorp Stadium on the weekend. Yeah, we, lo we, we love being up in Queensland. It's like a second home for our, uh, I'll say our second group of supporters. And the club's got a proud tradition of, of, of Queensland players. You know, you look at the big three, Billy, Cam and Cooper, and, and the years of service they played for the Maroons. So um, we always get a great turnout of purple at Suncorp. Normally we're playing the Broncos, and, and normally we've got a half-decent record at Suncorp. So hopefully we can continue that on in, in front of Sea of Purple on uh, Saturday night because it's going to be a really tough game against... Uh, really physical um, and well-balanced side that Parramatta is. Well, Christian, uh, of course, a big week for the Storm and the Eels ahead of this big final showdown at Suncorp Stadium. Thank you so much for your time ahead of a big match. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, a sea of purple, uh, but of course we want to see uh, blue and gold army there. We want to see all rugby league fans north of the border there, guys. 23,000 capacity yes. crowd. That could be huge for both sides. Uh, of course, you can get your tickets at nrl.com forward slash tickets or via Ticketsec. Uh, we've got to focus on one of the big men now for the Eels, and he is your game breaker. Yeah, Junior Paulo is my great game breaker, I think. He's been outstanding for the Eels this year. Not only his go forward, but his ability to ball play before the line and after the line as well. You see some of the offloads he comes up with um, are just, you know, I guess reminds you of a, you know, the skill of a halfback. He, he sometimes gets out on an edge as well. So, look, he's a threat across the park. And we speak about the pressure that Mitch Moses has been under and now Dylan Brown back in the side. I think with Junior Paula, he's a player that can really take pressure off the Haas because he attracts so many defenders around the middle of the park. It opens up space for the Haas on the outside. So, yeah, for me, he's my game-breaker for the, for the Eels. A big in as well with Regan Campbell-Gillard returning from a rest. Of course, the last men's final this weekend, Sunday afternoon at ANZ Stadium, not in the Hunter after the Knights lost the Titans. The Rabbitohs against the Knights were in for an absolute cracker. The big inclusion for the Bunnies is the return of Jaden Sewer in the second row. He's back from suspension, which means Junior Totola moves into the front row. Liam Knight drops back to the bench and Harme Sele misses out. 
The other two highlighted players, Bailey Sirenen and Stephen Masters, re-signed with the club for a further season this week and will want to cap it off with a big win. Adam O'Brien has resisted making wholesale changes to the side that went down on the Gold Coast. Lachlan Fitzgibbon returns into the second row after missing one week with a groin complaint, pushing Sione Mataudia back to the bench. Brody Jones drops out of the 17, while Tex Hoy could make a return after recovering from a hamstring injury that saw him miss the last two matches. Of course, this is a do-or-die final, and Noddy has highlighted his head-to-head -head battle for this match. No surprise, it's the number sevens, the skippers, Adam Reynolds and Mitchell Pearce. When you look at these uh, stats, there are three categories that stand out for mine. Reynolds has scored six tries to Pearce's two, but Pearce has five more try assists. The other key stat, the forced dropouts, where the bunny skipper has ten more than the Knights leader. Let's focus on uh, Adam Reynolds. Uh, we know how good a touch Cody Walker's in, but what does Adam Reynolds have to do this weekend to ensure the bunnies bounce in a week two of the final? Well, his kicking game can certainly build pressure on Newcastle. You know, as you said, you, you talk about those repeat sets. We've got the six to go call in 2020, uh, which can sort of help you a lot. You build pressure. It, what Cody Walker will be allowed to do is, if Adam Reynolds builds pressure, turns the Knights forward pack around, makes them work hard out of yardage, and then fatigues them with a couple of um, line drops, well, Cody Walker will get a tied defensive unit to create havoc against. So the kicking game is really, really important for both sides because for both sides, they rely, I think, a lot of times on just building that pressure, being patient, going through those processes. All right, well, let's uh, look at the uh, man he's up against. Mitchell Pearce has struggled as the Knights season hit a slump or two in the back end of the year. Uh, Channel 9 commentator, the 8th Immortal, Andrew Johns, joined inside the NRL. He has a theory as to why Mitchell Pearce may have been struggling. This year especially, I understand Mitchell's really struggled with the, um, with the bubble and the isolation, as I can imagine a lot of players. But, you know, Mitchell um, likes to be active and getting out and about. And I think it's really, he's really struggled with, it, with the bubble. Um, yeah, it's hard to put a, a finger on. Yeah, last year they really died away in Newcastle. And I suppose Mitchell's form wasn't that great late in the year. When they were pressing for top eight and then they got smashed by the Tigers by 50 then smashed by... Penrith by 50. But once again, you never know. He might turn up and shoot the lights out on Sunday. I hope he does. Yeah, Joey makes a good point there. Of course, uh, COVID's been a real struggle for a lot of players. Uh, he's living away from his family. But as skipper, if he doesn't regain his form this weekend and put in a commanding performance, are the Knights any chance? No, yeah, he's their key man. Obviously, they've, they've chopped and changed with the number six outside Mitchell, which I think is another reason why he's probably struggled. They haven't had, really had... You know, continuity there in those key positions outside and even inside him in the number nine role. You know, they, they've lost three or four of their dummy halves this year as well. So, look, that's never easy as a halfback. But as you said, he is the captain. Uh, this is a big game and he does need to take control of this side for them to be any chance. If you look at the, 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 the dominant halves or the key player, you know, you've got Cody Walker and, and Nathan Cleary are two halves or two players that like to run the ball a lot and get over the advantage line. I, th I think the, the new rule... Probably doesn't suit Mitchell as well as it does a Caelan Ponga because he's not really a runner of the ball. He's a great kicker and a great organiser and plays those points-to-point -point football. But I'd love to see him this week just get over the advantage line yeah. and, and, and challenge the line a bit and run a little bit and say, hey, boys, jump on the back and run in some shapes off me because that's when I think Mitchell Pearce is at his best. Let's look at one Rabbitoh, uh, and he's been wearing the number one when Latrell Mitchell went down with a season-ending injury five weeks ago. Everyone thought the Bunnies would struggle, but they've bounced back in a big way against the Roosters last week. Uh, Noddy, uh, if he continues this form, Corey Allen, are they the real deal, the Bunnies? Yeah, there was a huge 
change from them. The week before, they got beat by Canterbury, got blown off the park by the Dogs. So the big thing, I suppose, for South Sydney is their attitude because it must have changed from the Round 19 clash to the Round 20 clash. Uh, they beat the best side, in the, one of the best defensive units in the competition by over 50 points. And, and as you said, Corey Allen, you know, he's a big, strong player. Um, they don't really rely too much on their fullback being a ball player. Uh, they rely on their fullback being a great runner. So they looked like they were in good spirits last week. They were having fun. They're mucking around. They looked relaxed. The super coach knows how to how to win premierships. Well, that's that's the thing. I think he's got them primed at the right time of year. And it was a big call when when Latrell Mitchell got injured. Everyone thought Alex Johnson would would go to number one and Coriel on the wing, but yeah, they decided against that. Alex Johnson's a great finisher, as we saw on the weekend. Left him on the wing. Uh, you know, Corey Allen's gone to fullback, and and we all thought that you know losing Latrell Mitchell that the, the Rabbitoh season was going to be in quicksand. But you know, hasn't his form turned around? He's been one of the most improved players you know, in NRL this year. Big question next year: How do you fit Latrell and Corey Allen into the same side? Oh, look. Look, I think Latrell, obviously, he took time to warm into that number one role, but I think at the time he got injured, he was in outstanding form. So, look, for me, he goes straight back into the number one jersey. And if Corey Allen's still playing great footy, you know, you find a spot for him maybe on the wing. All right. All uh, Bunnies, all Knights fans, get out to ANZ Stadium. A lot of you might not have seen any live footy this year. And what better way to get your first taste of it than an elimination final with both your team's uh, seasons on the line. NRL.com forward slash tickets and Ticketek are the place to get your tickets. Of course, uh, a decade ago, the Dragons broke their 31-year premiership drought. It was a very, very special occasion for the Red V. It was such a, an emotional day for us. Obviously the disappointments we'd had before, our whole careers, we'd longed for this moment and for it to finally be here and to be able to win it. It was just magical. So much hard work, so many sacrifices, so many times we got close but fell short. The first feeling was relief. Not excitement, it was a relief that we'd finally won a comp. The Dragons win the grand final. Growing up and having a father that played for St George and won grand finals for St George, I looked up to him, he was a great role model and that's what I wanted to do. I remember Wayne coming up to me and giving me a cuddle with Sowie. Then he goes, oh, you better go see your dad. And he pushed me to the side and then me and dad embraced. What a very special moment for two Dragons greats. Uh, the key time there tomorrow, 7.30pm. That documentary, The True Believers, will air right here on NRL.com. A quick shout-out to the man behind that production, uh, Rick Cairns. Uh, he's been working on it all year. It's uh, very, very good. I can't wait to sit down and watch it. Robbie won't be. He was filthy watching <laughs> that preview. 7.30, did you say? 7.30 tomorrow night. There's a power outage in my area. It's no, not around that time. No, so. there won't be. Of course, can't <laughs> wait to watch that Dragons documentary. Can't wait to see the Dragons NRLW side in action against the Roosters. It all kicks off. GIS Stadium, 11.30am uh, on Saturday morning. Bo Vetti Walsh returns to Bondi after a year with the opposition, the Dragons. She's at fullback, so Corbin McGregor captains the side from the centres. She takes over from Samoa Taufa, who remains in the team. Charlotte Kaslik starts at 5'8", while fellow Aussie Rugby Sevens player Grace Hamilton looks like missing out this week. They are two of nine new faces in Jamie Feeney's 21-woman squad ahead of his first game in charge. There are 10 changes to Daniel Lacey's 21. She played in the Nines in February, but Sammy Bremner is back after missing last year's NRLW after giving birth. She will co-captain the team alongside incumbent skipper 
Kezi Apps. Isabel Kelly's much talked about defection sees her face off against her former club while former Broncos Stephanie Hancock joins the Red V. The Roosters are bolstered by the return of Charlotte, Ka Charlotte Kasley. She's not the only world-class athlete to join the NRLW this year. That's huge for the NRLW. Are we slowly or quickly, I guess, becoming the leader in football codes in the women's game? I think so. When you can attract a name like Charlotte Kaslick, obviously outstanding in, in rugby sevens and, and an Olympian. So for her to come over to, to uh, the Women's Rugby League is a massive statement for the game and uh, looking forward to seeing how she makes the transition uh, starting this weekend. Transition, easy or hard, given there's a lot of broken play in rugby compared to the structure of rugby league? Yeah, I, I think it'll be a little bit of adapting and getting used to because, as you said, in the space that you got to run. She's a great athlete. Um, I think she'll play very... And the women's game of football, you know, they, they pretty much can play on the back of the front foot. They get some momentum. There's going to be lots of space. Uh, I think I think Jamie Feeney will have her thinking, just think run. I think if you think run, then obviously things can come off the back of that. Great athlete. Uh, I think she'll... I think she'll be amazing. All right. Daniel Lacey takes charge of the Dragons for the second straight year. He's building quite the good squad. Bremner returns. Isabel Kelly joins from the Roosters. Of course, Jess Serge is the reigning Dally M player. Uh, they missed out last year on the Premiership, yeah. denied in the grand final. But now the expectation is a time to live up to it. Yeah. And again, it's a very short competition. You know, they, 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 they plan. These girls all want to make it from the Harvey Norman competition to make the NRLW. They get what, four weeks and it's over. Um, so it's a very short competition. So you can't afford to, you know, just go slow and start off and go, oh, we'll just ease our way into the competition because if you lose the first two games, you're probably not going to make the grand final. That's so, why this game is so, that's, so big. Uh, yeah, and both sides have probably, you know, I, I remember the first year the Roosters were favourites probably to win the competition and didn't win a game. Um, and then uh, the Dragons seem to have got their roster in order and now they need to take that one step further and actually win the competition. All right. Well, the team to beat, of course, the two-time champions, the Broncos, they take on the Warriors also at GIO Stadium. It's a triple header of footy. NRLW, NRLW into an NRL men's elimination final. Saturday, 3pm, down at GIO Stadium. This one, the Broncos are the most settled of all four women's squads from last year to this year. Ali Brigginshaw captains again, while Millie Boyle is up front after undergoing neck surgery earlier this year. Lauren Brown and Talisha Harden headline the Broncos' list of recruits. Roosters Quartet, Karina Brown, Chantel Stowers, uh, Kira Dib and Simone Smith are all set to start as Brad Donald takes the reins of the Warriors. Ivan, Ivana, Ivania, sorry, Polite, um, uh, and the highly fancied Elia Green from Aussie Rugby start out wide while Brisbane's Tasman Gray is in the back row. Georgia Hale is Warriors skipper for 2020. Uh, Noddy, a disrupted uh, year, I guess, or lead up to this competition. But yeah. Broncos have shown plenty of class. They've probably got the most consistent player in the competition in Ali Brigginshaw there. Will that pay dividends in terms of that experience as they go for the three-peat? Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and as you said, because it's such a quick competition, that you know they've only got together for a few weeks, they've got to start well, they've got to perform well, they can't build. Um, she's got a great kicking game. Um, she was the captain of, obviously, the Queensland side, captain of, of the last two premiership sides for the Brisbane Broncos. Um, it would be nice to go into a game first up and go, we're just... We know what each other's, you know, when you want the ball, when you don't want the ball, uh, how to defend all our systems in place. So I would have just thought they're just trying to improve on last year's standards and then just take that to a whole new level and, and get better at that. The Warriors have had the uh, most difficult lead-up. Of course, they've had to come, some of them, uh, from New Zealand. A lot of Kiwi ferns there, but they're in the bubble. 
and we saw what the bubble did to the men's team. Do you think it'll have a, a similar effect over the next month with women? No, I think this could actually be a good thing for the, the Warriors side. It's, it's obviously a short campaign. It's not an NRL season when you, where you're away from home for six months. They're in camp for four weeks. I think that'll be a good thing for them. It'll give them that sort of siege mentality. They'll be in there in each other's companies. It'll bring them closer together. Uh, I think, you know, in such a short competition, it's almost like, you know, I remember going away on, on tours for, for Australia or, you know, being overseas. It's actually a great experience when, you, when you're with the boys for those three or four weeks. And I think it could have a similar effect for these Warriors girls. And speaking of experience, Brad Donald. What, what difference will he make the Jillaroos coach? Well, he's the Australian coach and, and obviously has great success with the Australian Jillaroos team. So, you know, for the fact that they get to hear a different voice, they play different, you know, different styles of coaching, different systems um, from, from one of our great women's coaches. So I think it's a huge benefit for the Warriors that they've, they've got the coach, he's on hand, he's, he's going to coach them while they're in Australia for that four weeks. Or, and I think it's a, it's a great tune-up for them. And of course, it's just great that we've got the NRLW competition uh, back for a third straight year. We weren't sure at one point whether it was going to be here or not. You can catch all NRLW action this weekend on 9, Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, KO and using your Telstra Live Pass. All right, it's prediction time. Uh, we'll start with Robbie mm -hmm. for this week only and then we'll get to some finals predictions after that. Oh, OK. I thought we were just going straight to finals predictions. Oh, you need one for this week. Uh, I think... Um the Raiders and the Rabbitohs, both 13 plus. Well, big wins in the elimination big wins. finals. Yep. Can you better that? He's gone double. He's oh. gone down your path. No, I'll keep it simple. No, quadruple league or something. <laughs> uh, no, I think the Melbourne Storm will win uh, by 16 plus. Another tough night for the Eels. Yeah. yeah. All right, of course, it is finals footy and the NRLW starting. Uh, so I'm going to go race through these and uh, get your predictions for the Premiers for the men's competition. Who wins and why? Momentum and a fit side for me, a key at this time of year. For that reason, I'm going the Panthers. You said the Storm off the top? Oh, I think Penrith will be beaten by the Melbourne Storm on grand final night. OK, what about the women's Premiers? Uh, for me, Dragons to go one better this year and, and take out the Premiership. Roosters, Jamie Feeney. He's the difference. He's the difference. Uh, there's a, and, and the halfbacks, the 5'8 is going to be pretty special. Charlotte Caslick. Charlotte Caslick. I look forward to watching her play and I think all the hype of, of around her playing and mm. coming from Rugby 7s to the NRLW, uh, if she plays good, she'll get all the votes. OK, men's Dally M, uh, Nathan Cleary, he took out the MVP here on NRL teams. Will he do the double? I think he'll do the double. I think uh, they came out during the week and said he won't be deducted uh, I think it was six points for his um, off-field discretion earlier in the year. So, for me, that'll get him over the line. Nathan Cleary? Yeah, I tick-tock with Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, blinded lights. <laughs> Getting blinded by lights here. Uh, and the women's daily M. Uh, for me, uh, Sam Bremner, I know she's been out of the game, but I think she's going to come back uh, into the game with a big bang and take out the daily M. Agreed? I think she'll be good. I, 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 again, I'm so excited to see Charlotte Castlick play. Uh, I think she'll make so many young women... Rugby league or tag league players or touch football players want to play NRLW, so I think she'll be uh, holding the trophy up in a very short stint, and then she'll go back and win gold medal next year. Way to put the pressure on the oh, new no, rugby league. She's not the Roosters. They're used to buying big stars and performing. Ooh. Inside the NRL, speaking of big stars, the show's back on Monday from 5pm. Michael Chamis, Jamie Soward and Katie Brown will bring you all the wrap-up from the NRLW and the first week of the men's competition. Two teams will be gone, two teams will be having a rest. 
and of course uh, the others fighting out for the spot in the prelim finals. Yesterday's episode had Andrew Johns. You can catch that on NRL TV. That's not all. Tomorrow from 5pm, our way, the women's uh, dedicated show here on NRL.com will be back. Katie Brown will be hosting that alongside Tasha Gale, who of course is one of the real trailblazers and one of the great, great women involved in our game. That's it. I'm pumped. Are you? Yeah, I can't wait, especially, you know, hopefully 23,000 up at Suncorp. It'd be good to have a decent crowd back at a footy game and I think it'll add to the occasion. But the Broncos aren't playing. Oh. Hopefully, there'll be some news on Kevy though, uh, between uh, now and the weekend. Stay tuned uh, to NL.com for all that news. Until then, we'll see you next Tuesday.